Hello everybody, uh, this is Thomas from Double Edge Double Bill, uh, doing this little intro here for what I should explain. Um, so, we were going to put out our Forrest Whitaker episode this week, where we were going to do Alas King of Scotland and Repo Men, and we're still planning on doing that episode, but it's going to be delayed to next week. Uh, Adam basically had uh, some stuff, you know, some personal issues, he's fine, don't worry about it, but he kind of had sort of a, a hectic and exhausting week. Uh, that had some sort of challenges for him, and we ended up not being able to record that Forrest Whitaker episode. So instead of just having nothing on the feed for you uh, for this week, uh, we're going to release another thing from behind the paywall on our Patreon. If you're unaware, over on uh, patreon.com slash dedbpod, uh, every month we do both uh, polls where you guys get to vote for certain movies that we cover our topics like Forrest Whitaker, um, but also uh, you get to listen to at least one bonus podcast a month. Sometimes we do more, depending on uh, our schedules and stuff, uh, but we always like to have at least one bonus thing, and uh, we're going to put out, this was from uh, September of 2021, this bonus episode, which is an audio commentary for Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. We figured, you know, it was a pretty accessible movie out there for everybody pretty long one it's two and a half hour long movies so the commentary is about as long and you know this is basically a thing where we'll have in the show notes time code for when the movie actually starts so you can watch chris nolan's the dark knight while listening to our commentary back and forth which is pretty interesting given uh one of us is a fan of the dark knight and one of us isn't as uh, you'll hear in the commentary itself so you'll get to be able to watch along uh, with us and hear our thoughts, and also Christopher Nolan's got a new movie coming out this summer with Oppenheimer, so uh, why not have a bit of Nolan-y sort of goodness here at the right before the summer starts for that. So uh, this will be the bonus episode for this week. Like I said, next week we'll be doing Forrest Whitaker, and uh, then going uh, from there with the schedule. Uh, we apologize for the lack of like a regular episode, but hopefully you know this bonus episode gets you interested to Join up with the Patreon if you haven't, because for that $1, you get those bonus podcasts. And we have plenty of other commentary tracks we've done, like we've done The Shining, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Tron Legacy, Westworld, Roadhouse with Shaquille Lambert, one of our favorite guests, uh, Punisher Warzone, that was the one we did together in person, uh, Waterworld, uh, the Friday the 13th remake, uh, a bunch of other fun ones there, and also we have other bonus podcasts we put out, like we go into rotation, so sometimes we'll have media discussions, or our show Telebillion, where we talk about uh, recent TV shows, um, and also, of course, we do top ten lists, and also around the time, oh, we plan on putting out before April ends, uh, another top ten list, which will be about our top ten so bad they're good movies, we love talking about those, uh, that also, the scheduling um, delayed that recording a bit, so hopefully we'll get it out before the end of April. That's the plan anyway. Just depends on, you know, Adam, uh, his schedule and whatnot, but, uh, you know, we'll have that up very soon, if nonetheless. The Patreon really helps out. We appreciate anybody who is a patron, and if you have any of just the spare cash for just the $1 a month, it really helps out. For example, I'm going to be paying our hosting fees soon for the year uh, with the help of that Patreon money, and any of the other stuff will go to helping improve the show, better equipment, advancing some ideas we might have brewing up in the future. It all really helps out. We really appreciate every dollar. But uh, anyway, on with the audio commentary, like I said, for Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight uh, that we put out back in September of 2021. Hello, Edgelord patrons. Welcome to uh, the Double Edge Devil Bill bonus podcast we do every single month. We like, uh, along with, you know, some of the ones we do um, on the earreg, 
like the uh, On the Edge of Relevance. Uh, we always guarantee at least one particular bonus podcast that we go through rotations on. And uh, this particular rotation for this month led us to an audio commentary. And uh, Adam, in case they didn't read the title of this particular thing, uh, what are we doing an audio commentary on? The two and a half hour long Dark Knight. Yes, The Dark Knight, as opposed to The Dark Knight Rises or those Dark Knight Returns animated movies we were doing. Christopher Nolan's 2008 film, The Dark Knight, which I know there's such a dearth of two white guys talking about The Dark Knight on the internet. I can't believe you guys are breaking so much ground with this. But I think there's a fair reason, because with these commentaries, we'd like to kind of do ones where, like, you either like the movie a bit more than I do or vice versa, and I think this is definitely a vice versa case. If you're maybe a longtime fan of the show, you might have heard uh, us rant about The Dark Knight Rises with uh, patron and friend Scott Johnson, <laughs> uh, um, and where the the subject of The Dark Knight was broached. Uh, I'm a big fan of it uh, still, even though when I was when this came out in 2008, I was such a super fan. I've said this before. Like One of the most distinctive movie theater memories I have is watching The Dark Knight on the Monday after it came out because we were in Orlando with my family, and I couldn't see it on like the Friday, so I was like desperate to see it. And I saw it on that Monday in an empty theater, and I loved it so much that I stayed through the credits and the previews for the next showing and just watched the whole movie again, like twice in a row, which I have never done before or since, even at home with a fucking movie. <laughs> Right, right. Right, and Adam, I I get, like, mixed things from you sometimes, or sometimes you're like, oh, this movie's overrated, or sometimes you flat out hate it. Where, where, where do you uh, currently stand, at least, on Christian Nolan's The Dark Knight? About right in between that, baby. Um, I saw this uh, opening night at midnight, because um, I was super fucking stoked for it, because I really, really like um, Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, plus the the sort of, not the controversy, but the the tragedy around Heath Ledger and his betrayal and it's, you know, it's the Joker again and all that stuff. So I was super, super excited. And uh, I walked out of the theater um, kind of muttering uh, loudly, uh, what the fuck? (laughs) It's, it's, uh, I I was kind of bored. pretty much not the whole way through, but for a majority of it. And, uh, I don't, uh, thank God we're talking cause I would probably be bored the whole way through again. Well, it's very interesting. We'll get into a lot of that here. Um, as we start doing our little discussion here, um, before we'll have a sync point for all of you. So hopefully if you're listening, watching a movie along with us, queue up your, um, copy whenever you can, but, um, we'll, we'll indicate when we start the movie, but uh, a couple things when we usually record these commentaries, one, they aren't really that edited, so keep in mind that you might hear some things that we polish out of regular recordings, like some noise in the background, or especially with this long, two and a half hour long movie, you might hear Adam's favorite sound, which is my water canteen. Yep, yep. <laughs> or you're going to hear Adam go, bathroom break! <laughs> Because <laughs> that'll probably happen too. Over two and a half hours, I might also do that. <laughs> There's, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But um, we uh, we got our, our copies here started. We're about to start the film here, so everybody get uh, whatever version oh. you have ready. If you're on the HBO Max, or Adam is doing it on his Vudu, uh, which is where he uh-huh. has a huge collection of films, and I am doing it on a good old fashioned physical Blu-ray 
copy. Uh, I just want to point out, if you are watching from home, uh, both of our versions, I don't know if all versions start up like this, but at least ours do start up right with the Warner Brothers logo. There's not like an FBI warning yes. or anything like that for it. Very good point to distinguish. So, yes. Yeah, you know, I'll, don't worry about it, Thomas. I'll pick up the legwork. <laughs> I'm sure. For sure. But uh, let's go ahead then and get the start, everybody, on a countdown here. And I'll, I'll do the countdown and then say a Dark Knight related phrase and then after i'm done with that phrase that's when we start everybody everybody clear great so on three two one and here we go all right well uh i'm gonna take a nap um (laughs) (laughs) honestly i could probably pull up up the time myself just for two and a half fucking hours Wake me up when Eric Roberts shows up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess it's important you mention this. That, like this, there was so much interesting hype around this particular movie coming out, and especially when it came out oh, yeah. in 2008 was like a huge crucial point, as we talked about in 2008 episode. Between this and Iron Man, I think really shaped so much of like what would happen later with especially these big blockbuster movies. I think to be credited, like it's those two movies succeeding, and then also the both disappointments of Speed Racer and Hellboy 2 in terms of the box office failing, I think that's what creates, like, a giant shift in, like, major studio filmmaking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, especially, you know, just with sort of the, um, even if you want to get into sort of the um, camera work and IMAX work and all that stuff. Like, this shot right here is immediately an IMAX shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Definitely. And all these guys have the voices of 40s gangsters for some reason. But whatever. Because it's uh, fucking cool. That's that's all my argument with that. <laughs> I think that's, that's, uh, that's the thing. Honestly, like, what I like about these movies, even though like toxic fans kind of like put on the whole thing of like, oh, they're like super gritty serious. It's not like Batman and Robin. I like that no one knows that these are also comic book movies and can mix in kind of silly details and like that they have 40s gangster voices. I love that, honestly. Just like, what? Why did they call him the Joker? I, just, I think that's really fun. It's a bit of levity. <laughs> I mean... I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know that it really adds levity because it's the first thing you're, you're hearing. Like, it, it's right off the bat. It's so, to me, out of place with everything else in the movie. Like, this is the one scene where they really give you, you know, this sort of, if you want to call it silliness and campiness, for the most part, in the entire two and a half hours. I think there's still, like, a lot of other stuff, especially, like, other side characters have a similar gruff attitude, like, people in particular, like, the police station and stuff like that. We'll, we'll get into that as we go along. Even, even like, you mentioned Eric Roberts is very much that. <laughs> Like there, there's, but that's there's, Eric Roberts and everything, though. Hold on, though. That's Eric Roberts. That's fair. I, but I think that's in, <laughs> intentional casting for that reason. But I really love this sequence. Just the the whole factor of like really establishing a lot of like the mystery behind the Joker and how so much was just like, oh, any of these thugs even are just like immediately going to kill each other. I think it's like such a fun way of already getting you into the weird chaos of the movie from here. Mm-hmm. And you know doesn't hurt that there's William Fickner. That doesn't yeah. hurt. Fuck yeah, there is. He's awesome. What if- Which, this is such a crazy character to me. Like, I love it. He's the manager of this bank that's, you know, a mafia sort of run bank or whatever. And he just comes out with a shotgun blazing trying to take these fuckers out. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's great. I mean, it's great. It's just, 
that's a hell of a bank manager. I mean, it's one of many tip-offs to no one being a huge Michael Mann fan, which is definitely the case yeah. based on this movie. <laughs> yeah, baby. Watch Heat. And then watch this. And you're like, oh, there's a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. I also I, I got this Blu-ray box set recently for the Dark Knight trilogy, and there's an extra where they have a bunch of filmmakers interviewed about the Dark Knight trilogy. Michael Mann is one of them. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. My favorite director working today. Hence, patrons, there'll probably be a Michael Mann episode at some point in the near future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, on a, potentially of all time. But anyways, get to get to Nolan. Uh, well, hold on. We gotta wait now, because the big reveal's coming soon. Very soon, um, yes. Okay, well, we got a minute, because we got these guys. What are you doing? Yay, <laughs> yay. Hey, um, <laughs> what is your favorite sort of Nolan film? Um, we're watching it right now. <laughs> oh, this is your favorite Christopher Nolan 100%, film? 100%, yes. Okay. yes. Oh, all right, all right. Okay, all right. Though I will say stuff like The Prestige and Memento are very close. Yeah, those are both top top tier for me. I, I but and I know you don't really care for it, but I really like Inception. I do well. like Inception. I don't know where this rumor got started that I don't like Inception. I like it quite a bit. <laughs> I thought I think it was from you. I want to say you said it before that you weren't crazy about it. No, I have not said as much. Like the normal movies I don't like are more like A Dark Knight Rises or Tenet as of recent. Um, so yeah, Tenet's pretty garbage. I wouldn't say quite garbage. I think it's just a, a very muddled movie, kind of like Rises. But anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway yeah. We are about to get this big reveal of yep. uh, Mr. Ledger, which apparently this was the big thing. Like, this was the only part of the movie they ever screened while Ledger was alive, because they put this section right. up during the, like, IMAX previews, which I never saw. I believe it was for I Am Legend, if I'm correct. Yes, um, I believe so. I love even the way that Fitchner is like posed down there, just like, oh, people used to believe in things. Respect. Also interesting, this is this mask design was worn by Caesar Romero on the show, the old Batman show. Yep. Yes. Hey, there he is. Now Adam. I think we should get this out of the way right now, but like whatever negative things you have to say, I'm sure none of them are related to this performance and this character necessarily. I mean, yeah, no, none at all. Yeah. I mean, none at all. It's what, it's one of the greatest, um, not just comic book villain performances, but villain performances of the last, you know, 50 years, I'd say. It's absolutely a phenomenal performance. He deserved every, uh, sort of accolade he was given critically and everything like that. It's just, I'm so tired of seeing this fucking image and especially on social media, with a random quote that is not attributed to the Joker or Heath Ledger, placed it up. Well, especially it like, it's like it's in so the stupid. in the time between this and Rises, there were a lot of like weird people with Joker avatars that were not necessarily. Oh yeah, there's still a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's, a lot. There's still a lot. I would argue it was more prevalent between like 2008 and oh, 2012. Sure. It was like a <laughs> oh, Anthony Michael Hall's here. Yeah. Okay, like, these guys, particularly this guy in the station, is very much like, the investigation's ongoing. It's like, I think that kind of adds, like, that gruffness. Oh, there he is, Mr. Gordon. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Gary Oldman doing a great job with his Ned Flanders cosplay. Yes. Hi, Deedly Ho, Gotharinos. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
covering Gotham and it's Poe Diggle the Oisin. This I also was not a fan of. Oh, the Chechen? No, not the Chechen, but the fact that they, uh, this is the way they sort of decide to wrap up the Scarecrow thing. Um, I, um yeah. It's just, yeah, it, it's not, it's completely different from the character they already sort of put forth in the first one. Where now he's, you know, a drug dealer and shit like that. Like, that's not the Scarecrow. I mean, I don't know, based on the guy who helped infect Gotham with, like, nightmare gassing in the last movie, I don't think he's got his doctorate anymore. <laughs> I don't think he's practicing medicine, <laughs> so it's like, what no, are you going to do? No, he's definitely not practicing <laughs> He's definitely not practicing medicine, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. Also, this this Chechen guy is another thing for, like, the silliness that's throughout this movie. My dogs are hungry. He's very fun. I did like this idea, though. Oh. There's a bunch of wannabes dressed in like him. Yes. Very cool. And I like the costumes are just perfectly shitty looking. Mm-hmm. It looks like they would actually be tactile, but also they're fucking silly looking. <laughs> I also think a big thing where I would say this improves on it, Batman Begins, that we'll see throughout this, it's a much better, like, edited and shot action sequence-wise. That's my biggest problem with Batman Begins upon revisiting that recently as well. It's just I think mm-hmm. the action is so choppy and poorly put together. compared, to Especially this. any of the hand-to-hand stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can't even see what's going on. But I did read that that was a decision that was made so where it would look, you're almost watching it from one of the criminal's point of views or something like that. You wouldn't be able to see how quick he moves or what he's doing. And I I get the idea of it, but, Mm. you know, you want to see it. Like, here we go. And here he is. Here's Batman himself in the older version of the suit from Batman Begins. I like that they changed the sort of big bulky neck thing that's been prevalent even before Batman Begins. I like the redesign. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I do too. At first, I wasn't sure about it, uh, just because I'm like, it just looks like RoboCop armor. Um, but I, I do like the redesign a lot, mm-hmm. for sure. And also, even with like the Scarecrow thing, I like that the Scarecrow is sort of like a weird fringe villain that keeps popping up in these movies. It's just like, it adds a bit of color that just like, oh, Scarecrow's still running around doing whatever he can at this point, now that he does not have his doctorate anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm anticipating a lot of that response to my fucking meme saying, I'm like, well, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not my diagnosis. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> Speaking of someone who's constantly popping up in those fucking memes that there were quotes that aren't attributed to him, fucking Killian Murphy from Peaky Blinders, like, oh my god, enough! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, enough! Now, we don't have the audio turned out, but I know you're also a big oh. contingent against The Voice. He particularly well, has dude, in this it's, one. It's so bad. I heard someone it's say this. So it was like, I think a tweet or something. I think it's accurate. It's kind of like Alec baldwin Yeah, but, you know. 
but not like the hush bulb. It's more of just like he's like kind of screaming oh. his stuff through. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's just bad. I think it's this is this is the right here was where like in in sequences where he's not actually yelling. It sounds kind of like Jack Donaghy, like he's about to say like it's Wednesday. Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then when he's like, I, yeah, whenever he's trying to emote or yell as Batman, it's just it's uh, pretty awful. Here's Michael Caine, of course, reprising his role as Alfred. I would argue I think Batman Begins is his best performance as Alfred, but I still like a lot of what he does in this one. I know we have like a huge thing about like Rises where you're not as huge a fan of him in that either. Uh, I really like him in this one and in the first one, but yeah, Rises is just a little too much for me. Yeah, I think I just like seeing Michael Caine, even in Rises, I would argue he's not doing paycheck Michael Caine, because paycheck Michael Caine is just checked out Michael Caine, like Jaws of the Revenge Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I see, I see what you I see what you're doing there. Now, how do you feel about? Uh, I, I like this sort of version of sort of the cave. Like, I didn't care that he wasn't in the Bat Cave anymore. That he's got like this industrial hidden bunker. Like, I think it's pretty cool. I like the idea that it just shows that Batman is adaptable, or Bruce Wayne in this case is adaptable to where like, oh, our, my cave falls in. Well, I have other routes I could go to, like this underground sort of area that he's basically built. And I like the look how it's like this rustic kind of walls and everything where like it's clearly aged because they're on that dock versus the sleek whiteness of the lighting. Yes. And I like the big loft apartment and all that stuff. Like I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. I almost wish they didn't recreate Wayne Manor in the, with the exact same building because I'd almost like for him to have a third location entirely. <laughs> I agree, because what? I do like him more as Bruce Wayne than I do as Batman. Well, I think that's a big thing with this entire trilogy, is that he's, uh, like, some interpret words like, oh, Batman's the real persona versus a Bruce Wayne, just as kind of like this facade. I think Bruce Wayne is the real person, but we get different aspects where, like, you'll have him play Playboy Bruce Wayne or Batman. It's right. Bruce Wayne is, like, one of many different facets, as opposed to Batman is just, like, a part of that particular person. I agree. Here we have Aaron Eckhart and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Now, Maggie Gyllenhaal, I do think she's a very capable actress. I don't mind her. I used to always kind of have a problem with her for some reason, but I think she's fine in this. Uh, Aaron Eckhart, I can, he's, I just, I can't stand his performance in this movie. Is that a thing with Aaron Eckhart in general or just in this particular movie? No, I don't, well, to be fair, other than thank you for smoking, I can't really tell you an Aaron Eckhart performance and I'm like, oh, he was so fucking good. Aaron motherfucking kind of, Brockovich. <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever. He's so I fucking phenomenal in that movie. I love him in that movie. I think there's a lot of, like, it, Aaron Eckhart's career can literally be separated between pre-Dark Knight and post-Dark Knight. 
I would argue, because Bo's Dark Knight is a fucking tragedy <laughs> compared to like, I think he's playing like some of the Neil Butte movies he did, like Flirting with Disaster and a few other things like that. What I like about him, even in this movie and in some his better performances, is that like he plays a guy who on his face looks like he could be very clean cut and even has like a lot of idealistic tendencies to him, but he can really like either crumble apart or reveal that he actually has very sinister intentions. As things go along. And I think this movie's a bit more of like, oh, he is idealistic, but Gotham completely destroys him as a person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's... <laughs> I just don't... I just... I, I think he's too bland as Harvey, and I think he's way too over the top as Two-Face. One certain line delivery alone kind of seals that for me still. We'll get to that. I don't know. Sure. We'll get I, to that. Yeah, we will in about, I don't know, what is it, seven hours or whatever? <laughs> hey, it's only six hours after this point. Get it right. Oh, sorry. See, moments like this, I really like him because I think, especially like playing off of somebody like a Gary Oldman, it's a lot of him just kind of being like, look, I'm trying to be the right person, and I know that your cops are dirty. I don't think you're dirty, but I know a lot of your fucking force is dirty, and I'm not going to like take that. I think there's a bit of a frankness, but there's also like an earnestness at the same time that I think really works about him. I might agree that I think when he becomes two-faced, it's the lesser version of his performance, but I like especially him playing off of like some of these other people. There's a really great scene, I think, in a second between him and Gordon and Batman. They also love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I love Gary Oldman. I think Gary Oldman's fully carrying the weight of any scene he's in with either person. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a very sort of muted performance. Like, now could you imagine like if it's Gary Oldman and from the professional in this, then he'd be like, what the fuck is happening? But this is probably one of, one of the more understated mainstream Gary Oldman performances that are out there. Right. I think a big thing was Nolan approached him originally to play Ra's al Ghul and Begins. And he was like, I yes. want to play a fucking villain again. So he played fucking uh, Commissioner Gordon. I think he's perfect for that. I agree. I remember when I heard that casting, I was like, oh, yeah. Hey, Morgan Freeman. Kind of same way. What's Jeffrey Wright? Uh, you know, on the new one, I'm like, oh yeah, right. And Lucius Fox. Oh God, I I love the guy who plays Reese. I think Reese is such a perfect like weaselly casting that I fucking uh, I I think it's so. His name is Joshua Harto, and I think he's just like mm-hmm. a perfect like little slimy piece of shit. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, Morgan Freeman's Lucius Fox? Uh, literally kind of the same way I feel about uh, Michael Caine. I think he's fine in the first one, good in this one, and then the third one he's kind of like, no, eh, okay. 
It just, I think they were all so tired already. I mean, to be honest. And plus, it was such a, um, you know, decent-sized break in between the two and all that shit, so... I don't know. The, the, the same year is Wanted, where I would argue Morgan Freeman is far more tired. <laughs> far more tired as a person. Yeah. Yeah, except when Morgan Freeman says motherfucker and Wanted, for some reason it makes me laugh every time. Shoot this motherfucker. It's the best part of that yeah. movie. <laughs> now I want you all to shoot this motherfucker. I'm like, yeah, Morgan Freeman, baby. <laughs> and then the rest of the movie's like, oh. Also, that comes at the end of the movie, so you're already, like, really bored and like, oh, what? Oh, he's a motherfucker. Yeah, this is part of what I love about Bale's performance as Bruce Wayne, is that now he's playing, like, playboy asshole so perfectly. Like, such a piece of shit who feels like he's a guy who came from family to fuck you money. Yeah, it's kind of like... Yeah, the, it, yeah, a hundred percent. Like in the first one, one of my favorite scenes in the first one is going, "I'm buying this place and I'm changing the rules about the pool." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fuck it. Just shows a blank check in the waiter's pocket. Like, what is that going to do? <laughs> it's so awesome. Though. Like, it's perfect. You know, this is introducing an idea that I know you're not usually a fan of with Batman, of him contemplating, like, quitting and bringing it to somebody else like a Harvey Dent. I'm guessing is that a big problem you have with the movie as well? I, well, at first, yeah. At first, it was a really big issue with it, 100%. But as I get older and stuff, and, you know, I, I'm allowed to separate sort of the source material from the film versions. Like, this is just their version of Batman, dude. He wants out, man. He wants out. He wants a life. He wants to be with Rachel. Like, I get it. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with it. That's why I understand why there's a lot of detractors for the third one, even though I do like the third one. But it's like, once it's kind of the same thing again. He's out. Now he has to get back in again. And it's just, okay. Because I remember when we covered the movie, that was like one of your big contentious points with it, with Rises, was that you weren't a big fan of him trying to leave it. And they kind of betrayed the character. Well, it, it betrays the character that they set up for that movie. I mean, it's just... I don't... You know what, hold on. I want to pause this discussion, because this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. This whole yeah, sequence, yeah. I think, is... Michael J. White! Michael J. White! Because he's awesome! I love the way he plays off of Joker here. He's so fun. He's like, enough with the clown. <laughs> so fucking good I think like there's Eric Roberts of course we mentioned earlier just being Eric Roberts I would argue probably his last good performance in the thing mm-hmm. unless we count a talking cat well yeah or the doctor or whatever the hell those things are oh, they're like my favorite doctor danger or whatever right it's about like for those who don't know Adam Shilby like it's these movies where he plays like a gynecologist or something that like like stalks women or something. It's like a series of movies where he's been doing this. Mm-hmm. And the posters are just bad Photoshop pictures of Eric Roberts' face with like mini blinds superimposed over them. Yes, <laughs> really weird <laughs> that those exist. Hey, Chin Han, yes, or Shang Tsung, or you know, he's a good actor. Yes, he is. 
what I really love about this whole sequence is it's the perfect showcase for like how Ledger is both genuinely intimidating, but also like funny in his way that I don't think he gets a lot of credit for with his performance. He's like very darkly funny, like this whole bit with the pencil. It's gone. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. I think mean, he's just crazy. Like he does a really good way of being just crazy in there, you know, where he's like, I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> like he's just Oh yeah, that's coming up. That's my favorite bit of delivery in the scene. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody in this room. That's one of my favorite bits, and then later on when we get to the where he pulls the mask down and he's like, Hi <laughs> Yes. <laughs> And we can't hear it, but he's doing a lot of his great audio, like, verbal tics. Like, all the stuff with, like, the mouth and stuff that are, like, so good. We're, like, you can tell he's, like, unhinged, but at the same time, he's so convincing, especially to this group of fucking criminals. Where just, like, he doesn't have a plan. His only plan is just to convince other people he has a plan. Which I think is, like, the perfect kind of setup for a Joker in yeah. this universe. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, I love that he calls him the television. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is just a life model that's about to come up here. If you're good at something, What's never that? do it for free. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Fucking Jai White is seething. He cannot handle oh, the Joker being here. <laughs> He's about to fucking, uh, Black no, dynamite is ass. Yeah. Here we go. Let's not blow. <laughs> yep, without missing a beat. Yeah. <laughs> you think you can steal from us? Just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so astonishing, especially when you go back to when this movie was in production, and people were like, "This guy, the guy from Brokeback Mountain, playing Joker." Everyone was like, so dubious. And, like, the moment footage and, like, pictures started sh- popping up, it's just like, oh, this guy is doing something very distinct. Even before he died. He's like, he looked like he was doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this scene, especially for the fact that it's, like, it's Dent and Gordon going off on each other and then in the background Batman's just like should, should I leave? Do, do you want me to like stay here? <laughs> this seems like a personal thing. Please stop fighting. You're gonna give me a complex. <laughs> Mom and Dad are you ready for me? Especially how stoic better at tennis. Especially how stoic he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> During, I just like the fact that this movie is basically like, oh, hey, there's a city going on with like all the politics and criminal stuff, all this, and Batman is just a small section of it. That's <laughs> just like, Gotham feels like a vibrant, big environment, and Batman's just like, yeah, I'm here, and I'm not. 
you, Mr. Gordy, thank God there was a man. I love Morgan Freeman's bow tie. Yeah, it's great. He's one of the few people who can pull off a bow tie and not feel, especially at that age, and not feel like, oh, you're at the old nursing home. Or not feel like a fucking hipster. True, true. No offense to hipsters who are listening. (laughs) I'm sure our mean demographic. Sorry if you spit out your PBR. Your stocks, you... Anyways, I uh, thank you for giving us money. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. If that means you give us money, so thank you. Whatever they don't spend on PBR, <laughs> they spend on us. Oh, those things just flew off and hit another thing. Yep, it's uh, uh, it's that good old fashioned setup and payoff. Yeah, that's something. That's some that's some old cinematic technique. Rarely works though, you know what I mean? Well never, no. Robert Zemeckis, why you keep doing it? Never worked for right. you. Also a genius alibi. Uh, yes. just like completely like that would work perfectly for like a chauvinistic like, like it, this is the kind of stuff where like it goes to show like people are off the set entirely from being Batman and all because like this guy is not at all altruistic. <laughs> He's such a piece of shit in public. Yeah, this is great. Boy, did I tell you I'd fall a shock around here, love? I love that all the Joker's henchmen are, like, younger and kind of... You know what I mean? Like, you, they follow him. Yeah, they read his posts on Reddit. Yep. I also love in this movie how there's so much stuff that is, like, horrific, but you see no blood. Yep. Like, this particular thing with Gamble, where, like, you see him with the knife straight up to Michael Jai White's mouth the whole time, but you'll never see the incision when it happens. And this is probably my favorite aspect of this Joker character, that, like, he invents the different storylines every time. Yes. So you have no idea. Yeah. Though I missed the opportunity not to have one where he's just like, so my mother made sure I was abused as a child and I became a failed stand-up comedian. Such a great story. Wonderful story. Mm-hmm.
I also love too that his suit looks like if it was clean, it would be a great looking fucking suit, but it almost looks like he just dug it out of like a rich person's trash. Yes, or bought it at like the local salvo or something like that and then didn't wash it or nothing. Yes. That's so jacked up. <laughs> yep. Uh, and it's also interesting given, like, in this two-hour, 32-minute movie, Joker only has about 33 minutes of screen time I read up. And I like that, for me, the movie manages to, like, dull that out in a way that feels kind of like Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice being only in there for, like, 17 minutes. You still feel his presence even though he's not around. Um... Yeah. Right. I would argue. That's why I prefaced that with I yeah. would argue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and, and I, I don't think you're too far off there. Um, But I feel like, how, how much screen time did you say he supposedly has? 33 minutes. Okay, so it's 33 minutes. Oh, yeah, not, that doesn't, nah, no. It's a two-hour and 33-minute movie, almost exactly. And so that's two hours of just not the most exciting thing in the film being in it. Now, I'm not saying he should be in it the whole movie, but there definitely should. I personally think definitely should have been a little bit more uh, Joker in this. But I mean, I would argue that the Joker has like so many ripples throughout. Like this whole movie is about kind of like the Joker enters in and then the chaos ripples after he leaves. Did you say chaos? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did, Christian. I did, Christian, yes. Idiot! Don't say chaos to me! <laughs> you stupid man! Coming in here, changing the lights like that, did it, did it! You won't ride through my sideline! <laughs> oh, God. You fucking asshole. <laughs> I've heard that that cinematographer on Terminator Salvation also is infamous for doing that in the middle of takes. He'll just come yes, in and like, change too. lights and shit. <laughs> yeah, it came out like a li- oh, quite a bit later, but yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, that guy's fucking... He sucks. He does it all the time. <laughs> you gotta figure if you're doing a movie scene, you're trying to play someone else. Here comes some grip, like, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck, dude? So I get it. <laughs> now, now this is an example where some I, I won't name names maybe someone on this particular commentary might argue why does he have to have this whole escapade in Hong Kong why is it maybe necessary to the whole plot overall and I can't necessarily disagree that it might be you know you could shorten the movie and maybe make some of the pacing a bit tighter without it but at the same time, I think it's a great way of showing off that, like, once again, this is how it's escalated now for Bruce. We're just like, oh, I'm not just, like, beating up criminals in the middle of Gotham anymore. I am going to Hong Kong. I am going to dress up as Batman and, like, sky jump off one of the tallest buildings in the world. And I'm going to get my man. <laughs> I think, like, it, it shows, once again, like, what I love about No One's Batman movies is the fact that Bruce Wayne's a fucking crazy person in these movies. And I, it's very clear it's just like, this guy but that, but, is a crazy man. <laughs> I don't think they shy away but, from that. Uh, but 
I will give I, I will give credit where credit's due. I agree with you uh, there because um, you know, and I don't know necessarily that it's a hot take, but a lot of people don't even think about it that way. That dude, Bruce Wayne is a is a sociopath. Yeah. Like he's law, he's crazy, dude. He he is the perfect. I mean, him and the Joker are polar opposites, only in the fact that Bruce Wayne doesn't cause you know basically terrorism, terrorism and chaos. But he's still dual identity. He's still nuts, man. I mean, he's got the, the same sort of like code, all that stuff. It's just his is different, but they still blindly, not necessarily blindly, but follow it to almost a, a religious sort of uh, yeah. Yeah, and even that he, as later, this this scene introduces the idea of the sonar. I'm not saying Bruce which, Wayne's like Marshall Applewhite or nothing like that. Right, right. But still. And this scene introduces, like, the idea of the sonar, which has become, like, another crucial point. Just like, wait, you're doing what with all this technology? It's just like, yeah. anything to get at any costs. I think it's, it's another example where, like, he flirts with these, like, crazy, weird, almost right-wing concepts of just like i have to have constant surveillance but then he at least has the wherewithal to be like how about you put your name in it and then it'll just explode <laughs> mm-hmm. put your name in there i spelled it for you spelled all fucked up crazy <laughs> <laughs> lucas facts yeah lucas facts <laughs> Or it's just Lucas and then a Make picture. Of it. It's Lucas and then like a picture of like a hand drawn fox from what like a child would do. Yep. The C is backwards and it's in crayons and shit. I like this tension here too. Just like he's kind of wait until the plane yeah. comes in. Just like so. You guys have anything for lunch? All right. I right, go bye. The uh, we're a human kite. We. <laughs> <laughs> this kite technically was made in China. Is appropriate. So stupid. I mean, it's not stupid. It's cool. I. It is a great scene. It, it is. It's shot fucking legit. Like that scene looked great. Yeah. But it is. It, uh, we're wasting a lot of time here with this guy. I don't know if we're necessarily wasting a lot of time. I think, like, this is important so we can have, like, the guys in Gotham PD have what they perceive to be a win. Like, uh, this character, the Lao character, is basically them just being like, oh, we have some kind of end, we have an ability where we can get into this particular bit, which completely doesn't prepare them at all for the Joker shit that he's gonna do later. It gives them a false sense of security before everything just crumbles later. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this scene and Maggie Gyllenhaal's last scene are, like, her best bits in this movie. Because I think, I, I get where you were coming from with, like, Maggie Gyllenhaal in this movie. I think, like, with her and even Katie Holmes in Batman Begins, I don't think it's really on them as much as I think Rachel, in general, isn't a great character in these it's movies. A bad, no, it's a, it's a bad character. It's a, it's a bad character. To me, I mean, it's an easy plot thing to do. You know, the power of love, dude. So both these men want to change their lives because they love this woman and all that. And I get it. It is a very common and yet, you know, accessible sort of idea for 
majority of sort of moviegoers and everything, but it can also be a very unnecessary thing and something that sort of bogs down certain character development. And I do think the Rachel character is that in to a T. And also waste um, the time of solid actresses who are just kind of in like a, a yeah. role that like I like in this movie that she seems like she could be like a solid like DA um, or like I'm not sure what exactly her title is, but she's like she's just part of like the DA force. She's like an ADA. she's an ADA assistant. Right, she feels like she's legitimately like a part of like like she's very capable. But then later on, it's just like Bruce, I don't get it. Why are you Batman? <laughs> it's not my to be fair. It's not my hugest problem with this movie. We'll get to that. Put a pin in that for my biggest problem sure, sure, with this sure. movie. Um, Yay. You sure you want to embarrass me in front of my friends? Lieutenant slaps out a DVD of a talking cat. <laughs> no, I'll show them yep. art like a talking cat. <laughs> I wonder if that means anything. Right. I don't think there's anybody who lives in Gotham where they got a Joker card. Even <laughs> the Joker, they know who the Joker is. They got pictures out of. Him. I don't think anybody would get that. Like, ah, that's what, who put a random fucking vintage Joker card? But probably doesn't mean anything. Anybody who thinks Chris Nolan is a humorless director, I think that whole bit, like the reveal of the whole crowd, and also the snogger being like, "Fuck if I know, I don't know what they're doing." <laughs> she was like, "He has a solid oh. sense of humor." I've always liked him, Nestor. Um... It's like Nestor Carb- Carboni or Carbonelli or something like that. I believe this actor. Yes. Yeah, I like him. He's a good actor. And I like him as almost like he's like the hip new mayor of Gotham. Mm-hmm. He's trying to like... Yeah, hip, young, good-looking mayor. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was... Uh, first time I ever saw him was he played uh, in a, another superhero thing. In the original live adaptation of The Tick, he was def- like the version of Deflator Mouse that they had mm-hmm. so well you're talking about that. the live action one or the cartoon Adam yeah the first one with Patrick Warburton that's not the first one sir the cartoon is first I, I said the first live adaptation oh wait, I love this jump scare I said it better I love this jump scare with the the hanging yeah it's a good one yeah it's pretty fucked up And so you can tell that not only is Michael Mann a huge influence, but also clearly like Seven. There's so much of Seven with like some of the things or layers, especially what, yes, what we're about to get here with the handheld yeah. camera thing. Mm-hmm. Which I remember when Anthony Michael Hall was cast in this movie, people were like, oh, who's he playing? Oh my God, who's he going to be? It's like he's in it for five minutes. He's you an anchor. I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. Just nothing. And this is Ledger actually doing all the photography, and this is all like the first stuff he shot. It's like this in the later video that shows up. It also shows interestingly how like this is right before Paranormal Activity comes out, 
So it even shows that, like, oh, even found footage was also in sort of the zeitgeisty point, even in a mainstream major blockbuster movie. Oh, sure, definitely. I mean, it, you know, you could think Blair Witch Project for that, but I, I mean, honestly, since Blair Witch Project, it's kind of always been in the zeitgeist to, to show something unnerving or creepy or scary. But, but I mean, I would argue that Blair Witch felt like it was almost an anomaly in 99, and then the huge found footage boom came post-paranormal activity. Because how many do you, can you think of like, in between the two? Uh, Cloverfield. That's one, yes. Uh, funniest home <laughs> the scariest one. Good point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Stop putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't actually like a fun commentary between two friends. This is an interrogation. That's what the secret like is. Oh, fuck. I won't start with the victim's head, though. You get all fuzzy. Mm-hmm. I'll say that was also Kane's best, I think, line delivering this. It's like, oh, you have no idea <laughs> about crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one, I'd argue, he had a lot more uh, really good lines in Batman Begins. Michael Kane did. Look, the best emotional point in Batman Begins is him repeating, though, why, uh, what happens when we fall down, mm-hmm. Mr. Bruce? We get ourselves back up. That's like the emotional crux of that whole movie what's the point of doing all those push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log it's <laughs> 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 a remember that even though he's very old at this point like it, apparently like he'll only he's the only times he's really acted in the last couple of years has been for like a Nolan cameo like in Tenet I think he's finally reached like a retirement uh, stage with Kane. That's probably for the best. I mean, not to say that he's not always good. Just what he's got nothing left to prove. No, no, no. And I'm sure he doesn't need the the fucking money. You already bought that house with that Jaws four money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the most Jaws four has been referenced in a Dark Knight related discussion on the internet. I think I think we can safely say that record book. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and I'm sure it won't be the last time either. No, <laughs> get ready. Instead of Michael Jai White, it should have been Mario Van Peebles. We yes. had a reunion. Yes. Hey. Thanks, cock blocker. <laughs> 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 you with your butt chin by the way Batman wouldn't have a butt chin there's too much sausage in this sandwich <laughs> get out of here <laughs> I'd love Mozart Commissioner Loeb. Wink, wink, nod, nod, by the way. Yes. 
do understand the reference. Why don't you tell it to everybody in the crowd? So Jeff Loeb. Yes. Uh, big time, big time, sort of uh, come up guy, <laughs> specifically for DC. Right. And later he would go on to do a lot of like particularly TV stuff for Marvel until like fairly recently. Mm-hmm. And this introduces a lot of the stuff where, like, Joker's whole gambit is just like, oh, you're trying to do the bi-protocol thing? Well, guess what? That fucks you over. Which I think works in... Which I think works in this movie. But I think also one of many trends this movie kind of influenced that sucks, like, so many other movies are about, like, oh, the guy wants you to do the right thing. The villain wants you to capture him. (laughs) Like, so many fucking big blockbusters ripped this off. It would be funny if she was trying to be cute, put a little Vienna sausage on his chin. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you all pay for this insight. (laughs) Love you, hot dog face. (laughs) God damn it, Rachel, say it! Say it! Say hot dog face! Now, there's a moment where, on paper, does that make a lot of sense that the car would blow up the moment she looks at the paper and the timing of it? Not necessarily. But also, counterpoint, I don't care. (laughs) No, well, I personally think that it was written backwards. I think it was supposed to say P.U., that he busted ass in her car. (laughs) (laughs) You're stinky. Yeah. Enjoy my farts. You're going to like them. so good in this i mean the way he's eating this shit i mean look at him dude he is just fucking i mean the thing is i mean obviously again two fucking white guys so can you believe Heath ledger is the joker what a great performance it is and, oh, i take yeah. guys it's a really good performance I take, it's really fucking good guys <laughs> but no i mean it is it's just an, it's one of the most uh transformative performances i i've probably seen like, there was no question. Like, looking at that guy, it, that's not Heath Ledger, dude. That's not that you know, guy from 10 Things I Hate About You or whatever. No, man, not at all. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get this right. So those two people were just banging in Bruce Wayne's room? Yeah. <laughs> what a kink. He's just like, let's fuck in this billionaire's bed. Mm-hmm. Also, this guy is uh, the senator from Vermont, not Mr. Bernie Sanders, but the, his name is Patrick yeah. Leahy, and he's been in a bunch yeah. of Batman movies because he's like a huge comic book fan. Yep. yep. I wish it was Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Get that knife away from my mouth. <laughs> you will take the 1% of that knife in my mouth. Socialism. It's not a thing. Or is it? See, I was vacationing in the Bahamas, and there was a shark <laughs> under the water. <laughs> My father. 
worked at Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> they say he died of a heart attack, but he died from the fear of the shark. The shark fouled my family. <laughs> that's the actual, so that's canon. That's actually what happened. <laughs> that actually happened. <laughs> Joker's the lost Brody brother. Yep. <laughs> I used to work at SeaWorld. This is such a fucked up story he's telling. Yes. This isn't lipstick. And these scars are from red flavor eight popsicles. (laughs) It's plastic. I love flaming hot Cheetos. And I love this too, like the part of his performance where like he's just giddy that Batman's here. Oh yeah, he's stoked. Look at him. He's like the most one of his guys. It's so And this is another one that I saw that was, like, commented on a lot by, like, CinemaSins or Honest Trailer style online stuff. Just like, how could you possibly save her from this particular height and all this other stuff? And my answer to that is... Well, there's it's he's Batman, but also, like, what's more important about this scene isn't, like, the physics of it. As much as the fact that it's Bruce saving Rachel so that when Uh he loses her, it completely, like, deflates him. Because he knows he can do it. That's why, like, it hurts all the more to, like, see him actually save her here. And then later on, it just, like, crumbles him apart. And it's also incredibly important to show that that's his vulnerability. The Joker got it right then and there. Yes. Like, knows how to really fuck him. Like, and that's the point. Yeah, that didn't never bother me. Yeah, I love Chin Han, especially here, where he's just, like, he knows he's dead. So he's just kind of like the lackadaisical, just like, all right, whatever. I mean, I'm going to get my head blown off or something. <laughs> it's always just remind that this is such a cool story, too. Oh, the Burma, Burma thing? Story. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fuck, what was Alfred involved in? <laughs> it's so cool. It gives, like, this fun mystery, because I know, like, in the comics, they've hinted at that, like, he was at least yeah, part of, like, was World War Two, right? Yeah, he was in the army and stuff. Right. Yeah, if I were Bruce Ryan, it's just like, Alfred, what did you used to do? Right. Just like, did you smoke a black tar heroin into the U.S.? What did you do? 
you really should see somebody, Alfred. <laughs> you got a lot of pent-up rage. You have a lot of problems, so if you'll excuse me, I have to put on my bed soon. <laughs> One of many you great shots of just... Batman oh, yeah. okay. fucking like on a rooftop or whatever. Yeah, chilling in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> you work for me, Alfred. Actually, so I used to work for your parents. <laughs> Why would you bring him up? <laughs> I gotta go explore Chicago, Chicago, my kind of town. Sweet home, Chicago. <laughs> I'm gonna go play the House of Blues after this. I wish Randy Newman did the soundtrack for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> bad man, go to get the Joker. Get him, bad man. Which I—that's th- a good excuse I need to shout out. I love the collaboration of James Newton Howard and Hans Zimmer. In these two movies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's such a perfect contrast. Where like Zimmer has all the, like more rough or like the violins and stuff, and Z- and Howard has a lot more like the quiet, like orchestrative, contemplative stuff. Yeah, I agree. Now the score in these movies is pretty brilliant. Yeah, you can really tell by uh, Rise that it's just Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Here's another fun Batman-y thing of just like, oh, I can pinpoint exactly, like, the fingerprint and reassemble a fucking bullet? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? That's one thing that none of the movies have done well yet, though. And This one does it okay. It's probably the best example, honestly, in this one than any of the other ones, is, you know, he's also the world's greatest detective. Yeah, one movie's only been able to do that, and it's technically part of an ongoing thing anyway, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, buddy. And most of it's just Kevin Conroy reading off the exposition while Batman's animated, like, I'm on a keyboard. Let me tell you uh-huh. all about this. Oh yeah, this is, once again, the, the Reese is such a great weasel. I'm just like, yep, I got this all figured out. I'm gonna... F- get $10 million for the rest of my life. And Morgan Freeman's dead-ass expression, followed by his line, is one of my favorite just Morgan yep. Freeman moments in any movie. <laughs> just the, the realization on his fucking face <clears throat> I love also that Reese's actor no offense looks like a a child who like aged into being adult everywhere except his face yes looks like a child he looks like if 
big was actually like real, like a kid wished to be big. <laughs> <laughs> you would not look like Tom Hanks. I'm sorry, not '80s Tom Hanks. Right, like you picture it, Reese opened his like suit coat. He's on the shoulders of another little kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's Vincent the Adult Man from Bojack Horseman. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I want ten million dollars for the wealth of my wife. Call me Mr. Weesies, because those are the wishes. <laughs> okay, we're coming up soon on my biggest problem with this movie. Uh-oh. Can't wait to hear it. I'll take... Yeah, it seems like this also, like, that set and everything are other reasons where I'm like, man, I do wish no one had made a Dark Knight movie. I mean, a, a James Bond movie. Yeah, He always sure. wanted to, and I think he'd be pretty good for it. There's still a chance, man. Well, now that he's divorced from Warner Brothers, it? and he's like, we're Universal right now, but, you know. Yeah. Other fish in There's the sea. There's a chance. Yeah. A lot of windows from an apartment-filled urban environment. I don't like that. You know they would never allow this to happen like this. I mean, probably not. Not in, like, especially, like, a weird corner of the city. (laughs) It feels kind of isolated. Another clever bit that he tries to examine something and the timer goes off. Mm-hmm. Here we have, I would argue, the first big major role, and it's not even a huge role in this movie, but at least for him. David Dismatchian right there. Yep, first time I've ever seen him. Yeah. For sure. And here comes Ledger without the makeup but the scars. Yeah. Yeah, creepy image. Okay. I hate the whole Gordon plot in this movie. It doesn't make any sense (laughs) that he fakes his death. I don't like it. (laughs) Especially that he doesn't tell his family at all about it is the biggest thing I've soured on this whole fucking time since I first saw this movie. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I know. Why? It's like, I, want, I didn't want to put my family at risk. It's just like, I don't think your family would have told anybody <laughs> that you weren't actually dead. No. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only just so we can get, like, Dent to be this pissed off. 
Which yep. we could have done without having him fake his death. <laughs> I remember also when this came out, everyone was like, oh, is he going to be the Riddler in the next movie? Or some shit? Really? That was like a stupid online chat. Believe me, I was on the internet very much post-Dark Knight and seeing all the stupid fan theories. Uh-huh. That is a pretty dumb one. Oh, wow. They're egotistical, huh? So the da- their daughter's name is Barbara, and their son's name is Jimmy. <laughs> named after Barbara and Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know that at all as a person named Thomas whose father's also Thomas. <laughs> What makes you think I want to hear you eat walk? (laughs) Fucking Eric Roberts, scumbag. And just love also the image of just like, oh shit, I'm looking down the fucking walkway of this club and fucking Batman's beating up people. (laughs) Just beating the shit out of my guys. Like, gee, I wonder what's about to happen to me. Or even if, like, if, even if you're not Eric Roberts, if you're just, like, somebody on the other side, I'm just like, what the fuck? Is that fucking uh-huh. Batman? I'm trying to, like, club. Dude, I'm trying to have a Jager bomb, bro. Oh, man, I just dropped a lot of E. I can't fucking handle yeah. this. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> it's like the shadow. Move it, bro. Apologies. Thomas dropped the ball once again. <laughs> that metallic sounding ball. Yep. I, I mean, love how they say it. Ben's, Bruce's penthouse, safest place in the city. Isn't that the place you just got dropped out of the window of? <laughs> <laughs> like, like a joker can get in there look if two people can get into his ba- bedroom and fuck each other I don't yeah. know how insecure it is and I think at the same time like his voice also works so well so contrasting uh, yes against Roberts especially counting on we're not hearing the sound, but this, the the sound effect they use for that is perfect. Uh-huh. But yeah, like I was saying, I like, like, it also works to, like, his weird, wacky voice contrasting off, like, Eric Roberts just like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Alec Baldwin. Never <laughs> me, we were in heaven's prison as together. <laughs> not a good movie <laughs> I would know believe me I've been in plenty of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you sound like a talking cat <laughs> <laughs> they bring back the penguin but then do the Batman returns tagline the bat the cat and the penguin is just Eric Roberts and Batman <laughs> 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 
Also, I heard a big thing with, like, Dismalchian was, like, he was apparently, like, a serious drag addict at this time. And this was big kind time. of, like, what made him, like, ship up and not be, yep. you know, and, like, actually get his career together. I mean, you can even tell by looking at him's face in here. I mean, how skinny and gaunt he is. Yes, he looks so much more gaunt than he does, like, in the Ant-Man movies and other shit like that. And good for him. Yeah. Like, I love him as a character actor. Oh, absolutely. Every time he pops up. Me, too. He's great, dude. He's great. I can't wait to see him in uh, that little movie, Dune, that's coming out. Oh, a little obscure film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I haven't talked about. <laughs> you do, you do stuff. With your face. So it's like you got two of them. RV face. And I actually like that uh, scene to show that, like, he's cracking. Yeah. I, I think it works to show that, like, he, despite being, like, this guy who, like, I love the fact that casting Aaron Eckhart works so perfectly because he looks like a dude who would be totally electable. Like, yes. you could, like, seeing his face on posts, like, oh, it makes perfect sense. Um, and he like kind of walks the walk for a while, but he can't handle the pressure of like fucking Gotham City, where it's just like, I've got a bat guy, and there are clowns running around. I didn't study for this. I remember this was coming out, man, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, sort of casting rumors and stuff. And I remember two of the biggest one was either Hugh Jackman or Leif Schreiber as Harvey. Yeah, Hugh Jackman, because he'd just been in the prestige, though I doubt he would have done it, because he was so very deep into Wolverine yeah. at that point. Um, Schreiber wouldn't have been bad at all. I think it would have been a really solid choice. I love Lee Schreiber. I don't know, could Lee Schreiber pull off Incarnate? I think it's There's only one Frankenstein suit. Yeah. It's I. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hot take, Adam. Those are worse movies than this one. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much... Uh, I mean, I'll go on the record and say right now, anything post-Dark Knight starring Aaron Eckhart is worse than this movie. Like, that is a fact. Yeah, I don't know. Battle of Los Angeles had him everyone's favorite. I mean, I know. I know. I knew that's the one you were thinking about. Uh, it's not good. You know, him and Sully was just like, this was no video game. Oh, God, I forgot about that shit, too. Though I do also remember Whoa. the first movie he did after this was a movie called Love Happens. Which is a movie that yep. doesn't exist at all, but I only remembered because it stars Jennifer Aniston, and with how many times he says Rachel in this movie. That's the only reason I'll ever remember that fucking like, movie. When there was one that's like called like My Name is Frank or something like that. Um, so I just remember the stupid like poster. I don't remember exactly the name, but he had like a Hello My Name is thing on his forehead with the name the character name. Um I think that I, I, I don't, don't remember. You're at all. Just yeah. Um, I, I, oh I no, got, I, that I, was Meet I, Bill. I, I'm looking at the poster right yay. now. Yes, that came out actually no. before this one though. That was like in April oh. of 2008. Oh, too bad they fucking didn't get to see that first before casting him in this. Um, you know, I'll, I will say he's very good in a movie called Rabbit Hole. 
with Nicole Kidman that came out after this. It's probably the only other good movie after this. But anyway, anyway, we're on this big press conference scene, which has a lot of the stuff you can make fun of this movie for the most with the ADR. It was like, things are worse than ever, and no more dead cops. Batman's an outlaw. (laughs) That's a fucking dumb shut up. (laughs) Nobody talks like this. (laughs) No, Adam, things are worse than ever. (laughs) Things are worse than ever. And the guy like, amen, right afterward. Especially during like a press conference where like they're press. But are they worse than ever? I mean, people are dying left and right, and the Joker's around putting a lot of fear. Yeah, but half of Gotham wasn't had to be, uh, you know, sort of uh, isolated because of fear toxins, and the subway's not destroyed yet or anything like that, so I don't know. Maybe it's more of a consistent shittiness. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it that. And to be fair, everyone at this press conference seems like to be very, like, Blue Lives Matter types. This is the part that I didn't like. Right here. That he admits he's the Batman? No, 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 no. Not that. I have no problem with that. I get what he's doing. But that Bruce was like, all right, fucking stand up, Batman. Like, I, I don't think he would do that. Like, even this iteration of the character wouldn't have done that. Because if he did, it puts Alfred at stake. It puts everything at stake. I just don't think he would have done it. Um, I believe that Bruce Wayne is a, despite how much he says that he's just like, oh no, I, I try and plan this out so carefully. He's also clearly a very impulsive person. I would believe he would have that hesitation. And then... Which I think, which that, that might be my biggest problem with this iteration of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing is in these movies, yes, he is incredibly impulsive and everything like that. It's the, but in the comics and even the movies before it, and I, I you know, he's, yeah, rage and anger sometimes, but he's always very meticulous and has things sort of figured out. That's why he's the world's greatest detective and the world's this and the world's that. Which I understand, you know, it's it's a silly concept that, you know, this brilliant inventor is also a ninja and also a superhero and also all this stuff. But there, there are certain things that, I don't know, you just don't betray, in my opinion, when it comes to source material. and I, Or betray, I mean. And uh, it just... I have more of an issue with that when it gets to say like a rises where it's like I'm going to take an eight year gap from being Batman. I think that's a more egregious kind of problem. Like a lot of those things I don't think are as present in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, but they feel like they're like those laurels are rested on and firmly rested on in Rises with a lot of like the weird decisions he makes, which is especially that he's so impulsive, but he'd spend eight years not doing any kind of Batman shit. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, who didn't take a pass at this script and be like, man, we're really giving this SWAT team passenger guy a lot of lines. <laughs> the guy is driving with Gordon. He talks nonstop. I think he has a few fun bits in here, though, that we'll, we'll get to during yeah. this whole train, this whole uh, truck chase. Yeah. Honestly, I think everything from, like, here to the point where, like, they capture Joker is kind of, like, my favorite set piece of the whole movie in terms of, like, big action stuff. It's the most exciting and thrilling stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love this. The Joker's teamed up with, like, this fucking Texas Chainsaw-looking dude who's the trucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim Marvel. <Hartle. laughs> 
You should meet my friend Bubba. He likes makeup too. <laughs> like turkeys on Thanksgiving. You mean sold out and not in grocery stores? And properly cooked. Sleepy afterwards, after we eat it, after we get out of there. We're gonna be super sleepy. Zone. Who is the passenger man? Is that Nikki Cat? Yes, that is Nikki Cat. Okay. Huh. Some reason this is the first time I've noticed that. And that's the thing with Nolan movies; like he knows how to cast. Like there is no small part in a Chris Nolan movie. Yeah. He he also has the great line in a minute. <laughs> With the, the, the rocket launcher, or the bazooka, as he calls it. Yeah. I just love to see like, Joker has such an unlimited artillery. <laughs> He's yeah. got, like, every fucking gun in this truck. What is that? <laughs> bazooka. <laughs> The explosion. Nobody calls it that. Nobody calls it bazooka anymore, except for Nicky Cat. I mean, I don't know. I believe DC. that a fucking dumb cop in Gotham would call it that. He probably called something more racist, but I don't think that's. Uh, hey, is that a bazooka? Just like those comics I used to read from the gum. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> His name's Joe, like my name. <laughs> the gum tasted like shit, though. Oh! <laughs> Why do they call him the Joker? Oh! <laughs> I think it also kind of works for him, too, that, like, Gordon's not saying a goddamn thing because this guy won't shut up. He's that, that self-obsessed. But it's like, the the thing is about the, the, the twist. I, I knew kind of right away, uh, as soon as they showed this dude driving the SWAT van, not only with the mask pulled all the way up, but also giant SWAT goggles on while he's driving. Like, can we try to obscure his face anymore? Like, it's just... eh. I mean, I didn't see that the first time, but then again, I... A deep admission of my past, folks. I was 16 when this movie came out, so I thought this was the best thing that ever existed. This is just like, oh, dude, no other movie has fucking been <laughs> this good. And I still think this movie's great, but I was on the edge of being a stupid Nolan fanboy at that point. Right, but the thing is, there are still a lot of people out there, which I don't decry anybody's, you know, taste, but who are still like, this is the greatest fucking movie I ever made. And, I mean, that's fine if you think that. That's cool. I respectfully disagree, but that's cool. I don't even think it's the best comic book movie ever made. I don't even think it's the best Batman movie made. Um, so. I think it's one of each of those. Not the, but it is, I would argue, within a top five of many of those things you said. I would put in the top five of the Batman movies, maybe, but not the comic book movies. 
That's that salami sandwich from Boondock Saints. <laughs> that guy's eating. <laughs> right, a true classic Boondock Saints. It, it still exists, Thomas. <laughs> it still exists. Yep, eight years later, and it's not moldy at all. Yep. Hey, Piccolo! <laughs> ah. <laughs> Where's the Italian? Right here, buddy. Hey, look at it. Hey. You fucking guy. That's what I'm talking about. Air cab. Maybe they got a bazooka on there. <laughs> this is sweet. This is fucking dope, though. This whole thing with this, like... The bad cycle. cycle car. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. I think it's a really cool reinvention of, like, Batman's head playing motorcycles. I just love the fact that it's, like, an escape pod, basically, for his big tank yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they called it. They called it the Bat Pod. Yes. Better hope there's no people in those cars, Bruce. Jesus. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like those little children that were just there. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the stuff where you can also see the biggest influence on, like, apparently a big, like, influence for Nolan was the Richard Donner Superman movies, which you wouldn't think of based on these movies completely because they're about I can see it, though. But they're like little moments and stuff. There's a really great. I would recommend anybody who gets that the Blu-ray set I got. There's a great like 30 minute talk between Nolan and Donner. That's just like two of them talking together. Uh, It's it's a really like I think it's like a a billionaire talking to his plumber. No, that's literally the as I was watching. I just felt like this is like if a mechanic talked to a guy who designed like Porsches. Like they're both technically part of the same industry, (laughs) but they're very like on different galaxies. Uh huh. It's like the guy who does the quick lube at the local place talking to fucking you know, uh, Elon Musk about Tesla. Well, especially because there's a lot of like yeah. no one pontificating, and then fucking Donner's just like, yeah, oh yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, this is great too. This this semi flip. It's so awesome. And the great little bit of he missed. Yep. <laughs> right before everything starts falling. Oh my god! I will say, so fucking cool. one of my favorite. Practical. Yes, Fuck that's that the only stuff that they actually use CG for is just to edit the other cameras that are getting the various different angles of that shot, just yep. to get that shit out. I love how fucked up he is. He just comes out, just shoot the gun into the ground and shit. Yeah, but and they, the physical comedy here too. If it's like, oh 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 wait wait, I'm up I'm up I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> he cracks his neck. So good. And once again, just like that, no one's whole thing after like a giant stunt like that happens, it all crescendos with just like a guy on a motorcycle almost hitting another guy on the street. <laughs> but it's still like character focused, despite how like big and extravagant a blockbuster it is. Again though, how good is the Joker and then he just played chicken with him. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's just like, oh you fucked up, you fucked up. That was me, that was me. I was supposed to do that. It's supposed to be me. <laughs> Give me a <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what? It's Gordon. Aren't you surprised, Joker? Well, yeah, for like a second. It's just like that. That's a cool reveal. 
But like, what was the point of it? <laughs> we succeeded. And then he rubs his mustache on Harvey's chin. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's their code. Thunder buddies. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's their code so they know who each other is. <laughs> Anybody could fake that mustache. But not that chid. No one could fake that chid. It's great to all the Actually, different... It me the... <laughs> Actually, it was me the whole time. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Oh, no. Leno... <laughs> Not you. God damn it, Leno. Can't let anybody have anything. The clown prince of crime, Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah, what kind of car is that? Is that a Dusseldorf? <laughs> Yo, my favorite knife is my own chin. Yeah, it's good. It cuts through butter. <laughs> Kevin, take it away. There's nobody there. <laughs> uh... <laughs> wow, the Joker really is insane. He's lost his mind. He pictures <laughs> Kevin Eubanks. <laughs> Kevin Marsalis. I'm sorry, Kevin Marsalis. I, no, I thought it was Kevin. Isn't it Kevin Eubanks? Yeah, yeah, it is Kevin Eubanks. His first guy was Winston Marsalis. That's what it was. Mm. His first band leader was Winston Marsalis. Racist Adam. Didn't realize it. Yep. Oh, boy. Gotta go take a sensitivity course now. Hey, so... About me faking my yeah. death. <laughs> I did it because I love you. So, there's a di- honey, you coming back with the sandwiches or? <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess this, it does actually explain why, like, they would his family would leave him shortly after this arises. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Should probably wake him up. Be like, hey, I'm alive. That way the kid does, okay, good. Because that way the kid doesn't think he sees a ghost in the morning. Eating cereal in a bathrobe. Also, this kid is very casual about seeing his supposedly dead father. <laughs> oh, sweet. Sweet. Alright. Right. I'm going back to bed. Dad, I was having the Baywatch dream! <laughs> Damn it! He's <laughs> right there! Commissioner. Mm-hmm. Another good one of my favorite Joker bits is coming up too. And he asks the one cop how many cops, how many friends he killed. And he says six. The way he mouths six. Yes, like, that's a really great bit. Oh. I mean, it's hard to like really define a good bit versus a bad one with this performance From, anyway. No, there is no bad one. Right? No, no, no. It's a performance. Hot take, everybody. Heath Ledger's Joker is really good. What? <laughs> I know, man. I'm sorry. I'll die on that hill alone if I have to. I might, man. I wish I had more Twitter followers because I would post that on Twitter and be like, hot take, everybody. Heath Ledger's Joker is really good. Fuck get, y'all. Get thousands of reach, which is like, this man is insane. <laughs> He's the true Joker. <laughs> yep. Or, yo, he speaks the truth, everybody. Yeah, you, that might actually get you a lot of retweets. Sadly, not from people you want. No, a thousand percent. That's all it would be. Or also, ha- half of them would be people dunking on you, like this fucking Reddit yeah. tweet. Right. 
was this fucking idiot? I also love even the look of like his vest and his button down. Oh, that's great. Shout out to Lindy Hemming is the costume designer on this movie, and she also has done a lot of designs for like Casino Royale, like a lot of these. Sort of, anytime you see a very good-looking suit in a blockbuster, it's probably her doing the costume design. <laughs> Yeah, she does. She does all right. She's all right in my book. I take Linda Hemming really good. <laughs> well, they should nominate her for Oscars. <laughs> Could you imagine? You know, one of the big problems I'm having with this movie right now is every time I got, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go pee. The Joker shows up. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> That's how you know it, he's well placed. Yeah, I guess. I guess also that's what works about like the Bruce Wayne or the the Christian Bale Batman performance is that he's so much more like screaming at this very casual psychopath. He's like, "What are you doing? Oh, calm down, bro. What are you doing? Come on, chill. Slow your roll." That's the thing with, like, we've talked so much about, like, the cultural weird impact of this performance on, like, just the negative aspects of, like, internet culture and shit like that. But I'm, it's so strange that, like, every time I go back to it, like, none of that ever lessens the power of, like, the performance in the actual movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's it's kind of, like, unfortunately, speaking to another person who tragically died before the movie came out, like uh, Brandon Lee in The Crow. Yes. Where, like, even though both of those were the douchebag costume for, like, the next ten years. <laughs> like, the moment you uh, see somebody in that costume, like, nope, that guy I want to hang out around. <laughs> like, it, it's still, like, it's so lively and enigmatic and just, like, so good. I find myself eating crow every time I, every time I uh, sort of lampoon it. I lampoon things. That's what I consider myself. I, I, I'm from the Harvard lampoon, you know. Mm-hmm. Rachel! You're going to have to Rachel. Alright, here's my chance. Listeners, I'll be right back. Thomas, fill them in with what's going on. 
Oh boy, like you're not watching this movie right now with us. But yes, uh, we've gotten to the big scene where Harvey has been uh, tied up and uh, so is Rachel in an adjacent warehouse somewhere else on the other side of the city. And I think this is the other scene I was referring to where Maggie Gyllenhaal I think is pretty great in this particular bit because you can tell this whole time she's playing it as like Rachel doesn't think she's actually going to be the one who's going to blow up, but she's trying to comfort Harvey. Um, oh, I believe we're coming up. This is, I think here or in a bit, is going to be Adam Smith that he talked about with the six. So I'm glad we mentioned it earlier. They liked it so much. Yep. Yes, it's a great bit. And, you know, this is another thing with, like, the guy with the bomb in his stomach. is some of, like, on paper, I'm not sure how the logistics of it work, but when I'm really just wrapped up in this movie at this point, I really don't necessarily give a shit. I feel like it's just, like, it works perfectly for Joker's plan, and I just think, like, it's, a, it's an ingenious kind of, like, setup and payoff thing. But yeah, I was telling them earlier, Adam... Before uh, you got back uh, on here, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal's quite good in this sequence. Uh, it's her best. I, uh, I mean, yes, it's her best performance in the movie for sure, for sure. And it's the best sort of um, character beat just for Rachel Dawes. Period. Right. It sounds like she's trying to comfort Harvey because she thinks he's going to mm-hmm. get killed here, and then the realization moment where he sees Batman, which is coming up in a second. Oh, no, your moment passed. Oh, did it? The sixth thing? Damn yes, that, that just happened. I, I pointed out to everybody, they were all aware. Uh, such a good part. This guy playing this other cop, I've seen him play... I think he's a Russian in real life. Yeah, his la- I know his first name is Raid, and his last name is a lot yep. of consonants that I can't quite pronounce. Yeah, it's like Sab, uh, whatever, Sad, something. Sabergenic or something? Yeah. Apologies. Yeah, he does He does a lot of voice work, too. Yes, I know. He, he did he, a lot. Like, for Transformers, he did some yes. of the voice work. Lots of video games and stuff as well. Mm. But he fits perfectly for, like, a smarmy cop. Who would be the exact yeah. guy who would do this bullshit to Joker? Just like, oh, that that's a great idea. That's a great idea. How do you feel about this whole thing with the bomb? It's cool. Never bothered me. I thought it fits perfectly with sort of the, not only the character, the Joker they're portraying, but it took the source material as well. Mm-hmm. And once again, it feels like the most, like the edges of like the sort of realism they're going for into like the comic booky. Because this would be a bit mm-hmm. that would more likely happen in like on the page. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did. 
And also that even Joker survives that. Mm-hmm. Probably not realistic, but also counterpoint. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> I'm wrapped up in the drama. I'm just like, Harvey, don't worry. I'm, I'm totally here for you. Even though you're going to die right now. I think you're great. I'd totally marry you. If you weren't about to blow up, you, yourself, Harvey, weren't about to blow up. <laughs> and then this looks like, oh, wait, what? Wait, what? Ah. Oh. Like, especially, like, she gives, like, a sigh. You're just like, ah, oh, fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> just, okay. And the way they cut it off here. Some <laughs> that explodes that hurts so hard. Oh yeah, she did. Now she's gonna become Lady Two Face. Terrifying. Just that your salvation is Joker with the keys. Mm-hmm. I know obviously this was not intentional because this was the same year as Iron Man, but it's so weird that they keep saying MCU in this movie. <laughs> I know, I know. It's thrown me for a loop every time. <laughs> I locked him up at the this MCU. Fucking amazing scene. Yes. Look at this. This one shot. It's so sound. It's just like, oh, I'm basking in my freedom. It's like a dog hanging out the window. Yes. Here comes one of my favorite Batman shot in the movie during this elaborate montage. Yeah. Right here? Yeah. On the rubble. <laughs> Alfred Rena's mail. That's a federal offense, motherfucker. I mean, it wasn't postage marked. <laughs> Still an invasion of privacy. Right, something Batman would never do. Especially not in this movie within another 40 minutes. Oh my god, is that how long we go? Oh my god, we do still have 40 minutes to go. No, I think we have more to go. Let me double check the timing. Um, we have... Actually, no, we have more like 55 left. Oh! Sweet. <laughs> but Adam, hasn't it flown by? No. Not especially. It's probably been longer because you're watching it with me just being like, now, Adam, this is why this movie's great. And I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to answer your question. I think it's a real testament to both these actors that, like, they're basically just delivering, like, an essay about how why Batman's important as a character. But uh-huh. to me, it feels like it's perfectly natural within this universe where people pontificate a lot <laughs> about what 
each other's motivations are. I do like also how they dole out the eventual reveal of the Two-Face face. Yeah. And it is still... It, I mean, I haven't seen this in a while, but I remember it looking pretty good. Well, we'll see in about, I don't know, two minutes. Yeah. And also, they never advertised anything about Two-Face like actually being in the movie. You knew Harvey Dent was no, going to be there. But, yeah, it, so it was a good chance... Like, I always figured a uh, pretty good chance. It could be the flip of a coin. You, you get it? Because he's Two-Face. Oh my god, you are so smart. Clever, yes. Now, Harvey, I know you're you're hurting a lot, but I'm gonna say, man, having just half your face burned, I think is a win. Like you should have been horribly burned everywhere. I think th this is a net positive for you. There it is. Well, no, they they dole it out until like the very end. Like even it's my line. Oh. Why? Come on. And after your face has been burned in half, I don't think he's going to be one for subtlety. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. There we go. Yeah, it looks alright. It's still not bad. No. I mean, you could tell... You, know, you could see the sort of CG seams to it and everything, if you want to call it that, but it still looks pretty good. I mean, for 2008, I could, I could this, point to a lot of worse ones. Dirk Roberts' face looks more CGI than that. Yeah, I believe Industrial Light Magic did his facelift. <laughs> this face hasn't held up at all. <laughs> That's why he does mostly voiceover as a talking cat now. Yep. <laughs> or is behind blinds. Cat? <laughs> oh, I'm right here, sir. I'm the Italian. Hey! Piccolo! Oh, it's a lot of dough. I don't, I'm sure you're not going to be burning that. No pizza oven. Hey! Right. Hey, right. Make a pizza oh. pie for you. Hey, hey oh, 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 Mama Mia, he's gonna burn it. You like the sauce and the pizza? Huh? 
fact that Anthony Michael Hall served just like sailed into becoming like a decently attractive character actor. I don't know. If I were this guy, I probably wouldn't call this guy a freak anymore. After I saw him burn yeah. a giant pile of money, we're just like, oh, you can't be bought. Okay. <laughs> it's about sending a message. That's another great image. Just like giant burning fucking pile of money with him just making a phone call. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, Reese's look. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Jesus. I do also like how these movies have that theme of, like, the escalation that comes with having a superhero involved. Mm-hmm. Of just, like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a superhero, but, like, other threats are going to happen that, like, gradually get worse and worse. Like, with Ra's al Ghul, it was like, oh, we're going to, like, burn down, like, this part of Gotham, basically. And this is going to send the entire, like, moral compass of Gotham into chaos. And then by... Even rises, you have just Bane, who's just like, I'm gonna blow up like the entire tri state area. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, not to be somebody who hates on like the Marvel movies, I love, I, I enjoy a lot of those Marvel movies quite a bit, but none of them have any of this like sense of like photography to them. Just like the, the uh, feel no, of like, no, I can, I can. like they, this is an infinitely better made movie than most of the Marvel movies. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. 100%. I don't think we'll ever get another superhero property with such a distinctive directorial stamp as we do with these movies. I would not say never. I I, I don't think you could say that I mean honestly but the uh, closest I've seen is maybe like James Gunn with the Guardians movies sure but I mean who knows what's coming you know there, there's gonna be some fantastic stuff coming but I doubt that so, Warner well I doubt that Warner Brothers is gonna give somebody like necessarily the go of just like yeah sure do whatever you want like they basically fucking did with no one in these movies yeah I don't think it'll necessarily be bad other movies like I'm, ex- I'm curious about the Batman and some of the other things but at the same time I don't think any of them will have as much of like a personality to, that's this distinctive to them as much as like Nolan's have and also just like that kind of directorial control yeah no I mean I, I, I guess I can agree with that for sure
I do also like this whole thing of just weaving in the fact that Joker and his gang have been taking advantage of all these people who have sick people in the hospital, like sick relatives and shit. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And I also love this angle of, like, so many stupid people online were just like, oh, you know, Joker was actually secretly right, if you really think about it. What I like is that they're portraying this entire thing as, like, of course he'd be so convincing to those who have lost so much. Of course he'd be perfectly convincing to, like, any of the, you mentioned, like, the young kids who are, like, his henchmen, basically, or just any of the other times where just, like, he's perfectly manipulating any of these, like, yeah. people who have totally lost so much around him. Yep. And that is why uh, there's so many problematic things as far as with the fan base, especially for this character. It was like, oh, he's, he's so awesome, but he was right the whole time, and blah, 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 blah. No, dude, he's a murdering sociopath. That's the point of the character. He's supposed to be charming and stuff like that. Like, absolutely. But just, you know. He preys on those who are weak, whether it be through yes. tragedy or through economic anxiety or any number of other things. Twitter. Well, that's true. If you're on yeah. Twitter, you're weak. Oh, by the way, add not the who's telling me at atom underscore or underscore atom. Yeah. What's interesting here also, I've never watched this movie muted, and it makes me appreciate all his physicality even more. Yeah. They don't even have yeah, like, a voice. Also shows that even muted, we still just don't have a lot to say about this performance because shocker, it's great. So, yeah, it's <laughs> oh, this seven out of ten needs a bit of work. <laughs> I still remember even like the whole Oscar campaign going into like this year was one so much like oh, will this be the one like superhero movie to get a Best Picture nomination, which didn't happen, though it also did. Right facilitate the whole like top like 10 best picture nominees the following year but also anytime anybody had a really solid like supporting performance like oh philip seymour hoffman in doubt really great or you know this was the year also robert Downey jr was nominated for tropic thunder which would never happen again (laughs) um but um like so anytime it's just like oh yeah that's a great supporting performance it's like yeah but what's the point it's gonna go to heath ledger no matter what i think even if he had not passed 
I think it would have easily like won an Oscar for this. Love that he stopped to use a uh, sanitizer. Yep, and he wore a mask. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> Joker would survive COVID. And coming up with, like, the big exterior shot, this was a hospital that was going to be, like, torn down. So they actually yeah. blow it up in this scene. And apparently the charges were supposed to go off, like, continuously, and you're supposed to, like, do the casual walk. Mm-hmm. But then the yeah, last charge yeah. didn't work. Yeah. That's why you get the really good, funny scene. Yes. just and he, This is probably just him improvising in the moment, just like, hmm. Oh shit! <laughs> he gets into the bus. Oh my god! Even this, that helicopter shot. Oh yeah. So and, and it's also interesting just because like this had the most IMAX footage at this particular point in any movie because before this had just been like documentaries and shit that were all shot in IMAX. They were like forty minutes long. And then after this, like, he was just like, you know what? I've made you so much business off this movie. Fucking make more palettes so you can make longer IMAX movies. And that's why, like, The Dark Knight Rises has, like, I think 40 to, like, almost an hour's worth of IMAX footage in it. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite film experiences was seeing this at, um, in Tampa, there used to be a museum called Mosey. And they used to have an IMAX theater in there, but it was, like, a dome. So, basically, like, you were staring up at, like, a giant, like, screen that covered, like, 75% of the room you were in. So the movie was, like, all around you. That's pretty awesome. It was really cool, yeah, seeing this and that. I saw this movie four times in theaters, including the two times I saw it, like, in within one day. That's pretty gnarly, bro. You know what two movies I've seen in theaters, same day, twice? Well, you said Spawn, right? (laughs) The first X-Men movie, baby. And that's it. (laughs) This might be a hot take. Um, I think this is a better movie than Spawn, and I would even argue a better movie than the first X-Men movie. It's a better movie than the first X-Men movie. First First X-Men does not hold very well. No. No, not at all. But I think X2 is a better sequel to the original material than this is to Batman Begins. It's a bigger improvement, I would say, from a pretty mediocre movie to a great one, yes. That that's not the case with Batman Begins to Dark Knight. Remember, this is the one clip they released of um, a Two-Face-related scene before the movie came out, but they never showed any of these straight-on shots. Right. It was all just this guy. Well, 
Would you have wanted Two Face to continue into Rises as opposed to what we got? Do you think that would have been a better yeah. choice? Yes, I absolutely do. Not that I don't love Tom Hardy's Bane and stuff like that, because I really do. But yes, I think we should have saved Two Face for the next film. <laughs> I could see a world where that still works, especially if our replacements like Talia or any of the other villains from Rises. Are you telling me that it's possible for people to listen in on your cell phones? Conspiracy. There should be some sort of act about that. Made by people who allege they're patriots. The Dentact. Uh, yes. There you go. <laughs> okay, just look, man. You're busted, my boss. Okay. What the hell do you expect me to do? I've seen some people accuse this of being like, oh, it's like pro doing this kind of probing. And so I'm just like, oh, no, I, I don't agree because I think it's last resort. Yeah. Right. It's last resort. And also even Morgan Freeman's just like, no, this is unethical. We can't do this. But he's a uh, Batman. Right. And more importantly, he's fucking insane. <laughs> Here it comes, folks. Yeah, that's what I ended out. <laughs> I do like this also that Eric Roberts has like one moment where he shows weakness and he's just like, oh. Harvey, look at you. <laughs> look who's here. <laughs> I think this might have been the first time I took notice of Eric Roberts in something. Oh, wow. When I was younger, yeah. I'm sure I've seen him in some other thing before this. But it's just like, oh my god, this guy's such like a great character actor. And then... Once again, he's in, if you don't know what we're talking about when we say a talking cat, guys, God, he did a direct-to-video movie called A Talking Cat in which a bunch of people hang out in some, the director's house and then a cat shows up who can talk. And it's really a cat that walks around sometimes is like Garfield and then sometimes actually opens its mouth and it's like they put copy and paste like black square <laughs> in front of yep. the fucking cat's mouth and Eric Roberts and is Eric the voice. Roberts. Yep, and it sounds like they recorded his lines through a cell phone. In his bathroom. Yep. Like he was on the toilet recording all of those lines. That's the life right there. I 
how do you feel about the stuff with the boats and the the, the fairies and that it the whole takes final gambit? So long. It takes so long. Like I think it's a cool idea. It's just. I, I like the idea of like I think it taking that long works to like really build up that tension and especially like if I was on either one of those fairies, I know I wouldn't be doing that immediately. I know I would also be having this giant discussion with everybody on this fucking ferry about like, do we actually fucking do this? Well, yeah. yeah, for sure. Because you're not convinced that especially the the fucking civilians on the other side won't do it. Oh, they want to, bad. Yeah. And I'll say also, it's not a moral quandary I would expect any fucking big superhero movie to ever really do again. Uh, well, yeah, maybe not. Also, shout out to the prop designers for, like, the not just these detonators, but all of Joker's props look so very uh-huh. clearly homemade. Yeah, so this feels like a John Kramer gambit that actually, like, makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that one fairy guy looks like he's fucking Bluto. Like on the civilian. I know. I love it. like, like, no one even knows how to cast, like, these smaller parts like this guy. Perfect guy to be, like, a Wall Street asshole. Just be like, well, they had their chance. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, the reason I honestly don't mind that Two-Face doesn't continue into the next movie, I guess it's just because, like, I don't know really how you would use him after this particular point. Well, I guess the thing is, I 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't think that. Uh, I don't know that Harvey Dent needed to become Two Face in this movie. I guess is the whole thing I'm thinking. Like I've I mean, been fine with just Harvey Dent. Like, and then maybe near the end, get scarred up and fucked up. But at the same time, I don't see like how this particular version of Two Face, even before the point where like he gets like scarred up, he's in the hospital and everything. I don't see how he could go on to be like, oh, I'm like a crime boss here, because like that's not really the Harvey Dent character. I think they've established. I think the whole arc is really building up to the fact that he's just lost all of this, just everything. And now Gordon, the guy who's been like, yeah, I'm your like we're on the same like we've been arguing with each other back and forth but I trust you remember they had the chin thing with the mustache they trust each other so much at him um <laughs> and he would eventually get to this point of just like he's he's not really like he's not the traditional two-faced like mob boss guy he's a sad desperate disfigured man who's basically become like a phantom of the opera <laughs> So I think it only really end with like this kind of quick tragedy, as opposed to I don't I don't want to see like Aaron Eckhart become like fucking a mob boss in Gotham or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Also, this is I do love this element. Of like the hostages dressed up as the henchmen. Mm-hmm. Yes, me too. Very cool. It's another Joker like, oh, it's topsy turvy. But it's through just like simple things like this, as opposed to, I don't know, he kicks a dumpster. <laughs> right. This entire finale is Batman learning a lesson in optics. It's like, oof, I'm gonna yeah. save all these guys who look like henchmen. I'm gonna hang SWAT teams off. And also I'm gonna beat up a bunch of dogs. Batman and dogs do not mix well in this movie. Nah. Yeah, Batman don't like dogs. I mean, we look, we know that. He's, he prefers cats. Yep. Especially talking ones. I know he might be tempted by a low triangle with Catwoman and Dogwoman. Ooh. I don't know, Adam. Maybe you're right. Maybe this isn't that great. Maybe you should get a sky beam in here. I think we need a sky beam. Yeah. 
Maybe. That'd be pretty awesome, right? I, I haven't seen it a lot. And maybe instead of it being, like, in this darkness that kind of, like, cl- just sh- hangs over the entire movie, it should be, like, gray clouds. Oh. I like that. And raining. Right, and just make everything gray. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit, dude. You missed your calling. You should be a cinematographer. Uh, I mean, yeah. Fuck you, Wally Fister. Cinematographer of the Dark Knight. (laughs) (laughs) He's listening right now. He's pissed. Wally Fister, who also directed the pilot of the most recent Tick revival. Which is very good. Yes. Shame they got canceled after two seasons. Yeah. Now I know what this looks like. But listen. There's a really complicated reason I did this. Oh, God. (laughs) The way that guy just snapped into whatever. (laughs) True. Nah, he's good. Batman wouldn't kill anybody. He'll just horribly scar them for life. Rupture his discs and stuff. (laughs) Oh, guy, I have chronic pain for life. You're welcome. Just because you got to poop in a bag doesn't mean you can't be mean to me. (laughs) I saved you. Fuck you, dogs. Fuck you. It's the same dogs, too. Right, yeah, it's the Chechens. I mean, and the implication of what Joker said earlier, they're also dogs who have tasted human flesh. Mm-hmm. Oh. R.I.P. Yeah. Mr. Lister. Tiny Zeus Lister. Who's also very good with just like the one line he has in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't even care that, oh, it's Debo or the president of Earth. And this motherfucker is just like, no, I'm going to do it, guys. Eleven. I mean, you say that in the moment, but you've just been beaten with a lead pipe, and there's a bunch of fucking dogs that attacked you. <laughs> Would you have the wherewithal to do that immediately? If you're Batman, you should. I don't know, it's a more human Batman. He's got these flaws, man. He's more man than Bat. Yeah, deep shit. 
Didn't even think yeah. of it, did you? I, well, I never really thought of it as part bad, but hey, whatever. I guess the more bad one is man bad. Yes. His true polar opposite. Not a clown, just a bat who's man-sized. Yep, yep, yep. Go. Or Dracula, which Batman has fought several times. That's true, including in the animated uh, movie, which was Peter Stormare voiced Dracula, I believe in. Mm-hmm. Which was part of that weird show that happened between, like, Batman the Animated Series and... Um, I think that Batman. No, and Brave and the Bold. Yeah, there it is. There it but is. But it was yeah, the Batman. Yeah, where it's like Joker was like a guy who was in a straitjacket and barefoot. Yeah, that was weird. I love how pissed off he is at this too. It's like, God fucking damn it. Oh shit. Set up payoff, baby. Check off bat wrist brazers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever they are. Now, even though yeah. I'm sure, like, I, I know no one, I'm sure, planned some kind of third movie with Ledger that obviously never happened. Sure. But at the same time, sure, sure. I don't think you could ever, like, top an exit like this. Like, this whole last um, scene is kind of like, I don't know how much more, like, this kind of just sums it up beautifully. The back and yeah, forth between I him and, like, the Joker. I agree. And also, he's delivering this entire thing upside down. He's literally uh-huh. upside down. It's so great. I still remember getting a, a like a chill down my spine when he said, "We're destined to do this forever." When I first mm-hmm. saw this. Yeah. <laughs> Heath Ledger is acting circles around him right now. But I also think Bale realizes, like, look, I'm not the centerpiece of this scene. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do my, my Batman squeals. Because I think you can see that, like, whenever he goes really over the top with the voice, it's a lot of him kind of putting up a defense mechanism. He's just like, no, baby. <laughs> Also, a lot of mouth-breathing Batman. Mm-hmm. A lot of just like... <sighs> and just this final shot of him in the movie. Just like, hanging there. Yep. That's it. It's, it's immortal. It's just like it's this immortal... 
look at just the final thing of like this particular character we'd ever get. Now we get this. But I still think this is a pretty good resolution, not even just for Dent, but also even Gordon. This is Gordon just looking straight at, like, this is what your inability to, like, control your police force caused. This is what happens. This is what ineffective, like, policing actually, like, has the effect of. Somebody who you saw is just like, oh no, he could be, like, the perfect person to, like, help get Gotham out of its rut, is now, like, a monster man. Fucking look at it. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I guess I'll put it this way. I would vastly prefer if this just wasn't a trilogy. Like, the ending of this movie could hint at just, like, what would be a good third movie, which is Batman being hunted down while he's actually fighting crime. But given what we got with Rises, which is not a movie I hate, I think there's a lot of enjoyable stuff in Rises, but Uh this ending, I think, even just works. It's just like, yep, that's just what Batman's destined to keep on going forever. Joker's going to go after him. There might be other villains that show up, but this is just like, this is the curse, basically, of being Batman. Is that he has to keep this charade going forever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. Give me a chair! It's about what's face hurts. My face hurts. Also, my eyeball probably should have, like, shriveled up at this point. I mean, seriously. I have no eyelid. <laughs> Give me some visine. Say it! Maybe that's what's missing is the visine. See, like, that's what we see. Just constantly putting visine in his fucking eye. Constantly. <laughs> He's got a saline drip going into his eye. I think that's also why Two Face has to kind of end here because it's Batman just realizing like if Gordon keeps uh, if uh, you know Two Face keeps on going around, everyone's going to realize what Dent was, and it's going to uh-huh. make things just even shittier. I 
I mean, I think you can at least admit this is better than, say, like, Tommy Lee Jones and Batman Forever. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any... Is, I mean, nobody argues that. I don't know. There's a lot of defenders rising up for those Joel Schumacher movies. God, well, I mean, they need to get a hobby. They do. It's defending <laughs> those movies. Uh, it's a bad hobby. I don't know. I'd still say those aren't even the worst Batman movies. Even Batman and Robin. It's not good. You're on fucking mind. What I do you would... think is worse than Batman and Robin? Batman v Superman, easily. <laughs> oh, I'll watch Batman v Superman over Batman and Robin any day. The original cut of Justice League, easily. <laughs> Suicide Squad, I'll easily. That. I'll watch any of those over Batman vs. Robin. Or Batman and Robin. I don't know. Not that they're good movies, but Banner and Robin is just unwatchable trash. I think those other movies are more aggressively ugly and dumb and longer, more importantly, than Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin's like a cool 95 minutes. Yeah, you got that going for you. Well, so is the original cut of Justice League. No, that's like two hours long. <laughs> You're like two hours long. No, we're two and a half hours long now, buddy. That's all we've been going here. How do, how do you feel about this ending? I, uh, uh, I mean, I get it. I get it. I, I, I doesn't, I don't know, man. It doesn't, uh, I, it never packed the punch that I, I think they were going for, at least for me. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's a lot of messy shit in this movie. And I mean, I don't know. It doesn't... I definitely want to like this movie. I really do. And there are parts about it that are really great. I mean, obviously, he's like just Joker. The cinematography, the score. There's a lot of cool shit in this movie, but it's just so bloated. And it just, it just doesn't... Nah. Nope. Yeah, if you had asked me, at like, hey, Tom, what's your favorite sort of, like, moment in a in a movie? I would probably say this ending at that time. I wouldn't say that now. But I remember just being so enraptured with the idea of this ending that, like, it, it conf- totally shows that, like, being Batman's a fucking cursed object. <laughs> like, this isn't fun. This isn't a great thing to be. Like, this is just, like, this albatross that Bruce Wayne has to carry on him this entire time. Especially now that it's just like, I need to keep up the appearance and the legend that a dent is actually somebody good. It, it, I think it feeds perfectly into like a lot of the legend making stuff that like Batman is so based around. That it's just like, mm. I have to keep this lie alive. It's like the such a great example, of, I think, of how to like show that like being Batman is so much more of a burden to this guy's personal life than it ever is anything like noble or great. It's just like he has to be this thing that anybody can say he's a menace. He's no, he's actually doing the right thing. And that just has to exist in Gotham City to him. Right. If anything, it's like I said, I think Rises fucks a lot of that up, which is like, oh man, the implications of like, he's going to keep running forever, he's going to keep fighting crime, but no matter what, even if people try and hunt him down, he's still going to be great. It's like, nah, I'm going to chill. For like eight years. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. 
especially the way fucking Oldman delivers this last speech. And the way the yeah, music pretty- is swelling at this, it's so fucking great. But at the same time, any sort of big, like, Nolanite Batman fans, I can still enjoy, like, some Adam West bullshit. <laughs> it doesn't all have to be oh, this. Yeah. This is... Oh, yeah, I still think definitely. this is great, but I can also enjoy like that Batman is any different amount of flavors. I just think this is this is the rhubarb. Mm-hmm. Watchful protector. A Dark Knight. And there we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, Adam, has the yeah. movie improved at all for you after having this experience? No. <laughs> well, this was I, a wasted effort. <laughs> no, I enjoyed talking about it with you, and I enjoyed, you know, joking about it and stuff like that. And, you know, Heath Ledger's performance, it's funny, because I haven't watched this movie, and I, I honestly couldn't tell you how long. And just how great that performance still is and even with all the sort of the pop culture bullshit around it and everything it still holds up it's still amazing um it's just i I think it's just a bloated it's just i I just feel it's bloated man there's too much uh, that doesn't work for me um it's it looks the shit it's pretty well acted uh aaron eckhart's terrible Rachel Dawes is a throwaway character. Um, It's just... I don't know. I I, I don't think I'll ever turn on this one. I really don't. But turn as to say, like... What would say be your rating out of five stars? Like we do on on The Edge of Relevance. Oh, um... (sighs) Probably a two. Hmm. I'd probably put it at a two, to be honest. Maybe a two and a half, and that's to say mediocre at average. Um, so two, two and a half for me. What about you? Four and a half, baby! Really? My only real issue is the Gordon stuff and some other Rachel stuff I also have issues with. But to be fair, if you would ask me, once again, that 16 just be like five out of five best movie ever made. Um, so, you know, it's gone down a bit for me in certain ways. But... I, I don't know. I still think, like, every time I watch an MCU movie or, like, a modern superhero movie, it makes me respect this one a bit more, like, any of the problems I might think of. Like, I never think of any of, like, these issues that we're really having while I'm especially watching the movie. And even at, like, this two-and-a-half-hour length, I don't ever feel a lack. This movie, like, breezes by for me every single time I watch it. I, I just am... Oh, by the way, uh, Conway Wicklife was actually a uh, stuntman who passed away in the middle of filming in the middle of a stunt. He passed away. Oh. Um, I mean, honestly, RIP R- R- that guy. Yes. RIP that guy. And obviously Mr. Ledger, of course. Uh, but anyway, I still really do. Uh, I still really do love this movie. Um, I, I get all like some of the cultural backlash and all this other stuff, but it's like I said, whenever I go back to this movie, I still am just so like enthralled that especially a big superhero movie can still be this way as opposed to, you know, what we get now is still, uh-huh. I think, you know, more good than, well, we, we get a lot of good ones still, but at the same time, I don't feel like 
even like no one couldn't really go back to it again after it rises. This feels like it's sort of like a, a, a an object of a movie you can't really touch again. It feels like it's just like this could only possibly happen in 2008. Like it was like once again, it shows like why that was such a big movie year for me. Is that it's just like uh-huh. there is no way you would ever get something like this, especially that would be this massively successful and make like 1.08 billion dollars at the time. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, exactly. At the time, now it's kind of like, at least pre-COVID, if you were a comic book movie, especially an MCU movie, you were making a billion dollars. But that's the thing. You have to be like an Avengers movie or something like that's that big a spectacle. This is a, like I said, it's a Michael Mann style, like crime drama with Batman in there. Mm-hmm. If someone did that, like, again, with like, I don't know, fucking the, the Flash or whatever... And it was like this ground. Like I don't think it would be nearly as successful. It'd just be like, "Where's the big special effects stuff?" Yeah, yeah, that's probably accurate. I don't know, man. I mean, you miss me with this bullshit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing: we can agree to disagree on the internet, everybody. That's 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 this weird magical thing you can do, where we can have these varied opinions on this particular movie and still be fans that record multiple podcast recordings on a weekly basis. Yep, pretty much. In fact, two days from now. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 just a time snippet. We're going to record our Bond episode two days from now, mm-hmm. which will be very interesting. But Adam, we should probably tease next month is October. Yeah. We love oh. talking about horror stuff. And we're going to be yeah. doing a bunch of horror-themed episodes on the show. Uh, but for the Patreon, in the order that we're doing, uh, next would be a top ten list. Yes. So, Adam, what are we doing for a top ten list in the spookiest month of the year? We are doing our personal favorite top ten horror movie kills. Up, 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 up. The language, sir. Slightly different. What? Horror movie deaths. Deaths. Horror movie deaths. That's right. He's right. Yeah, fucking, there you go again. Make me a better person. Yes, top ten personal favorite horror movie deaths. Yes. Um, I uh, already started making a list, and I was well over 150. So, it's going to be a hard one. I've started, um, like, the long list, and it's definitely pretty long at this point but now we're just in that crunch time of like oh we gotta like narrow it down we gotta whittle down to our top 10 essentials for that which will be very interesting i'm sure it'll be a lot of like our our character actors episode we did last time we're just like <laughs> oh god it's so agonizing I know. <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a rough one yes uh so that'll be next time um though keep in mind also we'll be doing a lot of on the edge of relevances uh, in october in particular because um, we're going to be doing No Time to Die will hopefully be the next one as of when we're recording. That's still coming out October yes. 8th. Um, so that would be the next one. If not that, then Halloween Kills, which is also mm-hmm. uh, featuring Mr. Anthony Michael Hall, interestingly enough. Um, and, and you mentioned Dune. And, yes! Uh, yes, yes. Uh, that'll be a very, very long episode of One of the Relevance. That'll be the rare episode that's longer than an average episode of the show. <laughs> Yep, yep. Um, and we, I know we played around with talking about it, and we might do a spooky double on the edge of relevance with the uh, new Paranormal Activity film. 
and I don't remember. <laughs> well, last night, last night at Soho, which will be in theaters that oh, same yeah, weekend. Jesus. Yes. Yeah, last night so good. God. Yeah, yeah. We, so, we, uh, yeah. So, a lot of on the edge relevance coming up. Yes, for sure. There'll be, there'll be a lot of uh, stuff for us to cover here. And uh, before we get out of here, uh, one thank you, patrons. We really appreciate the one, even if it's just the one dollar a month that you guys give us. It really helps out. Keeps the lights on. It does so much. You have no idea. We're very appreciative of every cent you send us. Very much so, and we hope that us giving back with those on the edge relevances or this commentary and this other stuff is your dollars well spent. Yeah, I really hope that everybody who donates really feels like they get their bucks worth. Like I, I really, really do. Um, and like Thomas said, we can't thank you enough. It, it it sort of reaffirms that we have been doing something for over three years now. That even if it is only a, a handful of people, that is something people enjoy. So I really appreciate it. And if you also like it, um, maybe encourage some of your friends. You know, just a dollar. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, we do a pyramid scheme type thing if you guys want. <laughs> oh, no. Figure it out. We don't want that. We're not, we're not Madoffs here. We're not doing that. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Adam, we've been recording quite a long time. So I guess it's time that we ended this commentary. And we went out into the distance because we are watchful protectors. We are Dark Knights. Jaws 3. No! Oh no, the shark! It's followed us here to Gotham City! What the fuck? <laughs>